welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Knock On Podcast, and uh, this is a podcast that I've been talking about for several weeks, one that I'm super excited about because it involves someone that not only has helped me significantly throughout my career, but also someone that I really looked up to, and uh, today we're going to talk on the topic of physical preparation and the physical fitness side of archery because... As many of you out there know, I've always really taken pride in my physical physique um, that comes from, you know, I guess decades of being an athlete, being in sports, but I've always taken it super, super serious. And um, one thing that I did years and years ago was I made an investment to find the best in the world to help me not only become in better physical shape but a better archer as well so without further ado I'm going to introduce you guys to a three-time Mr. Olympia three-time Mr. Universe Mr. World the guy that had the leanest physique the most natural and proportional looking physique in the history of bodybuilding Frank Zane thanks for joining Hello, us John. Frank sure yeah, appreciate nice it man with you yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, one thing, I know you're not super active on Facebook, but every now and then I see that picture uh, of you back, uh, I think in the 70s, you and Arnold uh, shooting your bows. I see that circulate in Facebook. And, uh, you know, one thing that drew us together was the fact that you were an archer as well as uh, one of the best of all time in the bodybuilding and uh, why don't you give us a little history about how archery uh, was part of your lifestyle well John I discovered um, what I tended to pursue the rest of my life at when I was around 14 years old and that was uh, I learned about bodybuilding and started training uh, I was passionate I became very passionate about archery and uh, devoted a lot of time to practicing every day uh, and also I got into meditation at that time, and those things uh, have have continued through the years. Uh, the fact that, you know, I basically when I, I, I'd pr- done archery pretty much on and off since I was a kid. I was an archery instructor at, at uh, Boy Scout camp for two years, and, uh, you know, I didn't do it much when I was in college, but after I graduated from college, and started teaching. I, I joined the field archery club and used to shoot there. It was in Reading, Pennsylvania, and then one also in Luzerne County, where I was, uh, where I lived. And I really liked it. And uh, in those days, we shot recurves. And let's see, moved to California, and then it actually was well acquainted with Arnold at that time. And we used to go shooting archery. I got him into it. We used to shoot at Santa Monica High School and uh, d- different places. He was very interested in try- always trying all kind of new different sports, so I introduced him to him. And, you know, we used to shoot together. He was, he was decent. Uh, actually, he was pretty good on his first shot. His first <laughs> shot would go right in the center, and then that was it. It was just everywhere else after that. 
he had to explore different areas with his arrows that you know no one had seen. So he, he wasn't much of doing good groups, no tight groups with him. But his first one was pretty much in the center. So, but uh, yeah, and so what it led to, you know, he does his own classic every year, and in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, has all kind of sports there and archery competition as well. And uh, that's where I met you. Uh, I had a booth there. I've been going back there you know, every year for just at least a dozen or 15 years for that trade show. That's, that's, so we, we started talking about archery, and I made a deal with you for trade you a leg blaster, which is a piece of equipment that I manufacture, for a bow, for a bow, for yep. a 68-inch recurve. And I just switched from left-handed, from right-handed to left-handed because of shoulder issues. And I was learning to shoot left-handed. Yeah, that was um, that was super cool because that was um, actually the first year that archery came to the Arnold, and uh, and I got to meet you and Arnold both um, during that year um, because the two of you were supposed to have a competition, and uh, you know you came down to uh, to make an appearance, and I think you and I had met the day before that, and uh, I ended up winning that that tournament and then and then the next year we actually went down together and and uh and i won that year too but what always fascinated me was that for me my my weight training or my physical training has always been a big part of my mental you know relief from archery you know i really feel like there has to be some type of outlet to where you know you're not thinking of your profession all the time and for me you know going into the gym and really honing in and focusing on that mind muscle connection you just you really start to eliminate that so for me it was always my mental relief to do the fitness side whereas when you and i talked you said that archery was that relief for you when you were trying to get some rest from your physical training? Yeah, well, it's more of a mental break. It's not exactly rest because, you know, it's it's really a back workout, back and shoulder workout, especially the way that I shot. You know, I basically shot my whole life incorrectly. (laughs) I love that when I met you. I never really focused on the rhomboids. Uh, And so, uh, you know, I learned that, and I started to do that, and I got, got a bit better at it, but, I would like to get back into the sport. It's just that uh, I, I had shoulder replacement surgery three years ago, and, and that shoulder is okay, but it's my other shoulder that has been traumatized, and I have to take It's like my Achilles heel. I, I can do fine in my training, my workouts. And I just have to train, take it easy on the shoulder and do the right things for it. And one of the things about it is when I, that's, the, uh, that's the, the shoulder I pulled the string back with, shooting left-handed. And I want to keep my elbow high, at least parallel to the ground. And the higher I get it, the more stress it is on my shoulder. If I could just shoot, if I could shoot with my elbow down, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot easier, you know. But you have no follow through that way. So anyway, that's where I'm at. But I would love to get in. I, I'm just shooting a uh, what do you call those bows? The, the kids' bows. The, I got you that Genesis years ago, Genesis, so, that, so yeah, that you can shoot it with lightweight. Yep. Yeah, those are sweet. I love that thing. I mean, that's as that's as good as I need right now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's a great tool, especially because the poundage is low. Yeah. Well, yeah. well let's, um, I guess let's get into a few things regarding fitness because I've really taken pride in the fact that 
that uh, you know you and I have have worked together, and um, you know you've you've really uh, trained me and taught me things. And I think it back when you and I met, I'm trying to think it was it was probably almost ten years ago now. Um, you know, the first time we met, you came out and stayed with me, uh, and we we did some things. You followed me around the grocery store. We talked diet. Then we also uh, worked out together. And that was kind of the first times where you actually started showing me some of the movements. And I guess, you know, I'm going to have you talk about a routine that is good for the everyday person. Um, But also, I want to touch on the fact that for me, you know, I had been doing physical fitness since I was probably 12 years old and had dealt with a lot of coaches and all different levels, even up to college football. And I was amazed that when you and I started working together, I felt like those first 25 years of my fitness life was almost a waste because, you know, it it was so much of the movements were focused on power moves, and you taught me a critical, not only perfect form and how to really focus on specifically the muscles that you're working, but one thing that you told me that I think everyone should really start to incorporate into their fitness lifestyle is you told me it's not about how much the weight is that you're moving. It's how much you can make the weight feel like. And I'll let you go on from there to kind of, you know, get into all this because for me that changed everything and the changes that my body made after our first time together, uh, was just awesome. Well, John, I know that you can appreciate it, that it's all about the movement in bodybuilding on all the exercises because of your such a stickler for form, good form in archery. And so I know you'd get off on that, and that's the way it is. If you want to really develop good shape to your body, you have to learn to, to target individual muscle groups, small areas, and learn to send massive blood flows to these areas. And the way you do that is with strict form. When you go heavier and heavier, you, you start to cheat. Your form loosens up, and when it does that, you bring in other muscle groups. You spread the effect out. It's good for building mass. So, like, let's say, take the power lifts, the bench press, and those things work. Those are exercises work a lot of, of muscles, like a bench press, your chest, shoulders, triceps. You know, especially if you go heavy, then you start cheating, and it brings it even more. And then after a while, it, it's it, when you get very heavy, it transfers the load from your muscles, and it's, plus it's been spread out to your joints. And as a result, your joints suffer. And that's the problem as you get older. You know, you can't use heavy weights because you, join, you know, for years in, of, of grinding away, you know, the cartilage dis, uh, gets ground away and it disappears. And, uh, you know, you have bone-on-bone condition, and that's, that's, pre, that's the point where you've been, you, you're near the end of your training if you don't know what exactly to do. And so uh, that's the thing is good form is essential. Always do a slower movement with the negative. That means when you're returning the weight to start, always slower than the positive because you're stronger on the negative. Make sure that your reps are rhythmic. Go through the specific range of motion that targets the area you're working. Uh, don't hold your breath, you know, and focus on what you're doing. Focus on the area. Don't let your mind wander. I mean, see, that's what's good about training it's it actually is like meditation on motion uh you're 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 focusing on 
the movement you're doing, feeling the feedback from the muscles being worked, all against a background of counting. It's like Zen meditation. Zen meditation, beginning technique is you count your exhalations up to 10, you do sets of 10 on your breathing. Here would, you know, basically sets of 10 is what we, pretty much what we do on, on just about everything in bodybuilding. We do sets of a certain amount of repetitions in good form and we, it drives muscle, it drives blood, massive blood flows to the area and we get what we call a pump. A pump as the, the pun goes. The pump is a swell feeling in your muscles. Your muscles become engorged with blood and you actually become bigger temporarily. You blow up like a balloon. Yeah, yeah. Feels fantastic. Feels fantastic. Well, let's talk a little bit about. Um, I guess let's just dive into. Um, you know what specifically? Well, let's talk about. I guess the shape that you're in now, because you know if you go to uh, to your blog, and I'll let people, I'll let you let people know where that's at. But you know, there's a picture of you right now, and even at your age, you're. In amazing shape and I know that because of your background you've had to change your routine a lot and you're not pushing super heavy weights you're really focusing on strict form and you're still able to maintain a great physique and still develop muscle so I'm gonna let you talk a little bit about what the routine is that you're doing right now and what you think people should should really start at if they're wanting to start getting into a, a better physical fitness program? Well, the thing about it is as you get older, uh, you need to train less frequently, but as a consequence of training less frequently, you're able to train harder because you have enough rest. And the thing about training with weights is you don't need to train every day. I mean, you should do some kind of movement every day, but it does. It shouldn't be weight training three times a week. Is, is great. That's what I do right now. I train Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I do what's called a three-way split routine. And it's a new routine. I just wrote, finished writing a book called Let's Grow. And it's about how to grow. You know, basically muscle, how to grow muscle, but also other areas of your body. It's about deep relaxation techniques, meditation techniques, uh, foods to eat, all about how to grow in different ways. And uh, the routine that I advocate for growth is train three times a week, train the the back of your this is the new routine actually train the back of your upper body day one and then you rest day two, uh, the second workout you train your legs and then the next day you rest and then the third workout is you train the front of your upper body and then you rest two days so I do it Tuesday Thursday Saturday I have a training partner now for a couple of years he comes over three times a week and we work out for about an hour and a half and it's fantastic. I've gotten in really good shape the last couple of years. So uh, I intend to keep doing it because, you know, I, that, that's one thing is I never let anybody set my standards for me. I, you know, as far as people say, well, you're 70, almost 72. What are you doing for you? You're old. Well, you know, I never thought that way. I, I, I'm curious as to what's possible for me. You know, without injuring myself and being careful and training intelligently, I'm curious as to what what heights I can take this. I'm not interested in competing or anything, but just out of curiosity, I want to see how good I can get at this age. Yep. And also, I want to do it for a long time. And I think that's I think that's um, something that everybody should strive for. I know that uh, one thing that you mentioned to me um, when the first time we worked together. 
Um, you told me, you said, you know, a lot of people focus on short-term goals. And you said, and that's and that's fine for guys that are trying to go out and win an Olympia or, or compete, you know, in bodybuilding. But when it comes to overall fitness, long-term goals are going to be better for the average person. And you told me to set a goal to be in better shape at 40 than I was at 30. And, you know, and I can honestly tell you that, I haven't set any type of New Year's resolution uh, ever since you told me that because that is continually my goal. Um, I'm going to be 38 this year, and I definitely feel like I am on track to do that. And I think for my archery as well, it's helped me be injury-free. The one thing that I like about Frank's program of his three-way split, and I can tell you that, um, a great place for you to go is going to be frankzane.com um, because you're going to be able to not only I have all your books um, and I'm you know I'm definitely interested in reading this new one but you know I think what's important for people to understand is just like with archery if you get in the same routine every single day of shooting arrows at the same distance same target your body builds it's a, it adapts so fast to what you're doing that you really need to continually change things and you need to focus on, you know, doing movements that, you know, don't do the same exact routine all the time. I see that a lot from people. I try to almost, you know, I try to use the same muscles according to my plan, but I might do a different movement each week so that I continually keep my body guessing. But as an archer, and especially when I was competing, the one thing that I really could appreciate about the three-way split was the fact that it allowed you to have rest days and it wasn't leaving you sore all the time. You were kind of hitting one portion of your body, you were letting it rest for about three days, then you were hitting the next portion. And as an archer that needs to practice um, daily or every other day, um, there's a really good way to to adjust this routine so that it fits your schedule to where maybe it's days where you're not at the archery club maybe those are days where you hit your major muscle groups to where you're not sore for archery but you know i think if you go to franksane.com look at look at some of his books these are a lot of people ask me what they need to do and and i'm sure frank gets pounded with with these two more questions than we can answer the best thing to do is invest in something that you can read and look at and see some photos to where you can understand what's going on. Do you agree with that? Sure. You know, it's about feedback, too. Um, taking photos. You know, when I was to see you, I came to see you uh, in Wisconsin when you lived at the time for some archery instruction and workouts for you. Uh, I was very impressed by the fact that you took, took video of, of, of me shooting. And that is really what you to give me immediate feedback on what I'm doing, right or wrong. And see, that's what bodybuilders need to do, but nobody ever does it. Anybody who's training with weights needs to be become aware of the progress they're making. They have to know what's happening, but they never do. They resort to things like they weigh themselves, or they have body fat composition testing, or they measure themselves. These are only numbers. They're not true indicators of what you look like. The true indicator is what you look like. You need to take photos of yourself and do it on a regular basis. And if you do that, you'll have a record of your progress of how you're changing over time. That's what I did. That's one of my secrets is I always took photos. 
You know, John, right now I've been publishing this magazine for 15 years, Building the Body, and uh, I'm able to do it because I have so many photos. I have thousands of images I took when I was over my whole training career. Even now I'm still I'm getting photos even now. I just recently discovered some of the color slides we took, and I was able to get 500 images that were really, really good shots. And so I have all this material I could use that it's a record of, of what I did, of, of the progress I made. And it's really interesting looking back at those now. You know, it, it's interesting to see how, you're, how you learn how your perception of things change. I remember when I, and this is accounts for my getting in great shape. I remember when I was competing, I would look at these photos shortly after I had them taken. I'd say to myself, boy, I, you know, I still need to make a lot more progress. I was never satisfied with it. And now when I look at those photos, I say to myself, how was I able, how, how was I even able to do that? <laughs> I'm amazed, amazed I was able to do it, let alone you know think about it now in that respect. So you know that's the thing is you're always changing and you have to record that, and that way you get true self knowledge of what you look like. Unless you get feedback on what you're doing, you can't progress. You can't learn. It's as simple as that. So you got to take care of that. You know, so that's basically what I what I, I recommend. Uh, the, the main thing that people do in their training. The other thing is, I I agree with the, the concept of of variety, but I think that you can get too much variety. The, the the whole thing is you have to learn to be good at something. Now, how many exercises? It's all about how many exercises you can do well. What kind of equipment do you have? Do you have a good gym? Are the movements good? You know, I can't tell by, by just hearing what the stuff is. I've, you know, if I can see a person do more, I can help him with his form. And machines, I use a lot of machines in my, my training because of injury and certain reasons, but I've had these machines tailored to what I need. And so it's all about getting good on what equipment you have access to. And what it boils down to is a list of maybe about 40 different things you've got to learn to be perfect at. And if you're always introducing new things, put in a Swiss ball here. You know, put in some rubber cables here. You're not that they're not good, but the idea is to get good at something. If you have 100 things to learn, you're not going to learn them well. Right. Yep, I agree. Now, I've seen people, I've seen, you can get in great shape with a pair of dumbbells, adjustable dumbbells for your upper body. All you need is something like maybe a leg blaster to work your legs. And you got leg blaster, adjustable dumbbells, inclined bench, and then maybe a lap machine. you got a complete gym there. You can do everything with that. Yeah. So, so and then, of course, with four pieces of equipment, how many different things can you do? Well, you know, you can maybe do 25, 30. The more equipment you have in my gym, I have my, my personal gym where I, where I work with people, it's, it's, it's a nice space, 600 square foot. But it's got everything. I have a ton of machines in there. Plus, it's, you know, strategically arranged, so you can move around. But I, it's just everything in there that I need. Machines, uh, free weights dumbbells but you know like even with my dumbbells they go up to maybe 65s now years ago they went up to hundreds you know it's just yeah well you know ever since you kind of taught me what you did about um you know slowing that negative down um you know i found and this actually I, every now and then i you know i do it and i do it and then slowly i start increasing weight you know just because i'm trying to grow but then all of a sudden I'll go to a hotel or something to where they don't have those heavier weights and you're limited to, say, 55 or 60 pounds on the dumbbell rack. So then all of a sudden you have to go to extremely slow movements with those weights. And it's amazing 
the results that you can get. You know, I, I continually do that. I'll go and um, actually just about a month ago or a month and a half ago, I was out at um, the Under Armour uh, building out in Baltimore and uh, the hotel I stayed at had, they just had 50 pound weights. And uh, I just really focused on super slow movements and just 100% focused on only working a single muscle group at a time. And it was amazing the workout that I got from that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the truth. You know, uh, uh, dumbbells are so versatile. I mean, they're really the best thing you can do for your upper body because it's an independent act with each arm. It's a balancing act. So you can build great shape with that. And I don't go, you know, as far as using two dumbbells at a time, I don't even, uh, you know, I mean, years ago I used to do stuff like one arm dumbbell row, I would do uh, 10 reps with a 125 pound dumbbell. Now I don't, now I don't even do the exercise. Uh, a dumbbell pull, that's a, it's a, here's one I still do. Dumbbell pull, puller lying across the bench. Yep. I do, uh, I, I, I was doing a uh, oh, 110, 120 pound dumbbell for 10 in 1979, and now I'm doing a 50 pound dumbbell, half that weight for 10. You know, and I, it, of course, it's very strict, but I mean, you know, I'm not training for competition. Plus, you know, that's the thing is, you say you're 38 and you're getting in shape, great shape again. At 38, I was in the best shape of my life, 37, 38, yep. in that area. And, and that's the thing is with bodybuilding, if you stay in shape, you can stay, in, you can look like that for a long time. I mean, nobody really knows. People have the, pro, the, 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 the habit of getting in and getting out of shape because they don't have any kind of fixed lifestyle with it. And I think that's the true spiritual side of bodybuilding is to stay in shape your whole life, is to keep training. Yeah. Don't, don't just do it for, to get in shape or to get, to get look good for something. Make it a habit. Make it your lifestyle because that's, what, that's what's going to make you last in, in good form. You know, you're healthy, you'll be healthier. You'll look better. You'll feel better. You'll be able to get a good pump. Who else can say that? <laughs> what, one other thing uh, that I guess while I'm thinking about it here too, um, and I think we really focused on this uh, once I came out and stayed stayed at your place and we had more time but we really started to focus on um, the importance of stretching immediately following a set and uh, I was amazed at how well that not only I guess helped that pump and helped you in that range but it also really helped my archery because over time those stretches really helped increase my flexibility um, and what I could do with my bow as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I found, I've, I've worked with oh, thousands of people face-to-face -face since I started doing the Zane Experience program. And what I found, everybody has this in common. Basically, they never stretch. And the thing about working out is you got to stretch because it's, you know, if you, muscle the weight training is all about contracting the muscles. So you got to do something to stretch and lengthen your muscles. The perfect time to do it is between sets of contractions of, you know, of, of an exercise. You got to rest. You get to take one, two minutes between sets. Perfect time to stretch, stretch immediately after you do the exercise body part that you're working and hold the stretch for about 15 seconds. And if you do that, you will, become more flexible and you, you, you will retain your pump. You know, I found two things. People can double the effectiveness of their workout if they do two things. One is slow down the negative. Make sure your negative is always slower than your positive. 
Okay, the second thing is stretch between sets. You do those things, you can cut your sets down. Let's say you're doing four sets of everything. You can cut your sets down to two, and you'll grow. That's the thing is two sets of an exercise, going heavier on the second set, maybe doing a few less reps, stretching between sets. If you do it right, you, you can grow. Yep. That's the thing is you, you, you want to do just enough. And see, that's the thing about aging is you have to, you have to know how much to do and not to overtrain. It's not about overtraining. It's about training just enough. Yep, it's actually I agree. better. To, it's a better. It's better to train not quite as hard as you should, rather than train harder than you should as you get older. You know, I mean, things change. I mean, I, you know, years ago, and I sometimes I would think about going to the gym, and I wouldn't feel like going, and then I would wonder, is do I really need the rest, or is it just an excuse I'm making to myself? And then, of course, I, if I was very serious about my trainer, I'd just competition or something, something urgent coming up, I always go to the gym force myself to go if I don't want to anyway it's just something I did now I ask myself if, if that ever comes up and I you know I'm on a schedule now that I like training three times a week there's no problem about me doing that I don't, that never comes up now because I'm not forcing myself to go every day or, you know five six days a week right so when, when that comes up basically my motto is that motto is now is when when in doubt don't work out <laughs> you know? well if, I think that's if, good if for... I feel that way I don't go you know I mean it could always train tomorrow. You know, if you need to rest, that's the thing. Know when to rest. Know when to rest. Don't push yourself too hard. Yeah, it's all a balance. I think. I think. You know, we definitely for a lot of there's there's some diehard fitness people finally getting into archery. Um, I'll honestly say there's been some big pushes in archery and in the hunting world where. People are, are really starting to get in shape. They're starting to transform themselves. They're starting to take it serious, which is something that I've been preaching long before I knew really anyone else to. And, and, I, and I always gave myself, well, I shouldn't say I gave myself credit. I credited the tournaments that I won for my physical preparation more so than my actual archery preparation because... On any of the types of terrains where they were more physically demanding, any time I felt like I could get to a target and make a shot with my heart rate lower than my competitor, I felt like I was at an advantage. And I felt like if it was a long, treacherous day um, and it was physically demanding, I felt like my best opportunity as a competitor would come within the last hour of that tournament and I always yeah. you know and mentally I always knew that there was no one that would train that could train with me back then there was I only knew a few people that took it serious and when it got to the point where I saw someone wearing down mentally I knew that it was then that I had them beaten and sure. I think that's I think that's a big part of what makes physical preparation not only finally being noticed by coaching on all levels, but also by the competitors out there. Yeah, you got to be in shape. It's as simple as that. You know, and everything, and you know, with, with what you're doing. I mean, I remember when I went to Wisconsin, we would go to these different places of snow underground, and we go to these uh, archery shops, and the one we go in there, and there's. There's all these fat guys in camouflage suits with compound bows hanging around in there. Yep. <laughs> big bellies, the big bellies on them, just hanging around, you know, and sitting at tree stand all day. Don't walk anywhere. 
I guess you see guys, you see a fat person you're competing against. Oh, God, you know you got to beat. Yeah, it's well. They have to walk anywhere. Yeah. they got to get in shape. Yep. You know, a funny thing about this, and I don't know if you remember, but, you know, a big part of my coaching is I really focus on teaching a proper shot routine. And the first part of that routine is obviously your stance. And uh, what I tell people, I say, now look down and look at, you know, look down and see where your feet are. And then every time I have a couple bigger guys in the crowd, I say, if you can't see your feet, don't worry. We're, we're talking about the physical part here in a few hours. So, you know, it's, but it's true. I mean, absolutely it's true. And I'm, I'm happy that the industry is finally recognizing that and that, you know, people are going to listen to this podcast as a way to get better. But, you know, it, here's the thing, though, everybody. You know, and this is one thing that I really learned from Frank as well because I worked out extremely hard, and I can tell you that you know I I still work out hard. I'm not one that's going to advertise how much I work out, but I can tell you it's it is part of my everyday lifestyle. And without a balanced nutrition, you really will never meet your potential of what type of physical shape you can be in if you don't have the right diet and the right supplementation and I guess from there Frank I'm just going to let you talk a little bit about what your feelings and also give them some direction on what they can do in that department yeah you're right John you know you never get you never get any kind of goal unless you, you eat correctly especially in bodybuilding, you'll never get in top shape unless you, you know, you say go on a diet, but I say stay on a, a, a good way of eating so you don't have to change things all the time. You know, everybody's in this, this habit of crashing down, you know, like in bodybuilding, the traditional thing was to, to bulk up in the off season, you know, when you're not competing, bulk up and then trim down. What a waste of time. Why, why gain all this excess weight? when you have to lose it in the end. I mean, why don't you just stay closer to what you're going to weigh at your best and work on building solid muscle. And the way you do that is by eating correctly. You can't eat a lot of crap. You know, you can't be eating a lot of refined carbohydrates. What I try to do is get enough protein. You don't have to overload on protein. One gram of protein per pound of ideal body weight is, is enough. But what I would say to most people who are eating way more, way, a lot more carbohydrates than protein is keep your carbohydrate intake equal or less than your protein intake. Eat enough carbohydrates for energy purpose, immediate energy purpose only, not for, for a lot of storage. I don't need a lot of things with high glycemic index. A glycemic index is, is how, a measure of how fast the food turns into sugar in your bloodstream. And foods like white bread, white sugar, uh, white flour products, basically pasta, uh, White potato, those things have a high glycemic index. They, they turn into sugar very quickly in your body and as a result trigger massive insulin secretion, which can lead to body fat storage. So keeping those to a minimum, eating lower glycemic index carbs, combining them with protein when you eat them, you know, uh, that's, and then don't eat a lot of, 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 of saturated fats. Eat good, good fats and oils. It's a simple thing. And then supplementation makes it even easier Oh, how do you how do you like my new egg white protein? You've been using it for a couple a month now. How does, how's it working for you? I like the new one uh, a lot better than the previous one. It's got a you know obviously it's got a good taste and um, you know I guess two things I'll just say right off the bat you know Frank like I said Frank and I have known each other ten years now and and 
you know, we've worked together professionally as well as, as friends. And, you know, I can honestly tell you that um, one thing that I've continued to do since we've met is learn to clean up my diet and really focus on shying, well, one, reading labels. You know, if you can't pronounce things, it's not worth eating it. So, you know, you, fo- you focus on you focus on putting things in your body that are going to make you feel good and not crash. You know, for me, I know that it's it's a lot easier for me to get up in the morning, have my workout, have my work throughout the day, and then I really like to shoot in the evening when the wind calms down. So I don't want to be crashed out in the evening. So by having products that, one, allow me to snack, because I always get hungry midday. I always get hungry, uh, well, actually right before I called you, um, you know, I went ahead and mixed up, um, you know, one of your new one of your new shakes, and uh, and then I had you know my second half of my vitamins. Um, I normally take half in the morning. I take half in the afternoon, and uh, you know, and I feel great. It, it gives me something to snack on without you know. I know that it's there. It's easy to do. I actually um, Sharon actually makes um, all of all of what I put in my shakes is I either put cold water or I put um, homemade almond milk. So typically, um, about every few days, she'll soak, I think, two cups of almonds, and then uh, and then she'll add, I think, two or four cups of water, and then blend them up in in like a Vitamix, and then and then strain that almond milk, strain the pulp of the almonds out um, with like a rice net, and I and I literally have unsweetened, um, untouched almond milk that I mix in as well. Because a lot of, you know, even if you buy pure unsweetened almond milk from the store, you know, those things still stay stuck together. You know, there's never separation because there's additives in there. Um, and I can tell you by, uh, by doing small steps like that and eliminating those things, I'm able to maintain my energy levels throughout the day. And I can say, uh-huh. you know, I can say without hesitation to all of you out there, the two things that you should really incorporate, you know, are going to be Frank's egg white uh, powder that he's got. It's great. And then also, um, you know, the daily multivitamin that you have. And I'll let, I'll let you kind of give people a little feedback about what's in there because I guess you have a way better understanding on that than I do. You know, John, one of the good things about the, the, uh, the we call it uh, egg white perfection, the, the protein powder is it's got glutamine in it, L-glutamine uh, in free form. It's an amino acid that your body pulls out of your muscle tissue and converts to sugar when you're starving, when you're hungry, when you're not getting well nourished. For example, if you go on a diet and you're not getting enough protein, your body starts attacking your muscles and pulling glutamine out of them, pulls nitrogen out of your muscles in the form of glutamine, sends it to your liver, changes it into glucose, throws off the nitrogen. And so we waste muscle tissue. That's what happens to people as they get older. You know, you see guys in their 50s, and what typically happens because they, they're poor diets, protein deficient, don't do any kind of weight-bearing exercise, their, their thighs shrink. The biggest muscles in their body shrink because they, they get cannibalized by, you know, the, the, the process where not, you know, the, living, not training, and not eating right. And so the, the muscles shrink, and they get big stomachs. You see toothpick thighs and, and big bellies and flat rear ends, flat butts, all because of that. We call that process leaching. The body cannibalizes. It starts to eat itself to have energy. And so we prevent that from happening. I mean, it's not happening to me. I'm almost 72. 
because I stay well nourished. But glutamine will prevent that from it will retard muscle loss. Also, it stimulates alertness. I mean, I, I, I feel really alert after I have that protein drink. I have one before I work out and after I work out, and then on days I don't work out, I usually just have one as my lunch. And what I do, I have a way of doing it. That it works good when you mix it, but what I do is I just microwave some frozen fruit if it's out of season, and then I put a little bit of milk in there or almond milk sometimes and um, uh, a couple scoops of the protein powder and just blend it up with a spoon, crush it up, and, and it, 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 it's delicious that way. Uh, it's just a different way to do it. I think it works best when you blend it, though, because it, it, it gives a nice nice textured beverage, nice foamy beverage. Yep. But it, it's really it's an advanced product. You don't find stuff like this on the market. You know, my whole approach to marketing is I, have, uh, I, I develop food supplements. My approach is this. If I find something that's good already, I'll use it. If there's something that's not good out there, I may I might might develop something so I can use it in, in, in the process I, I, I share it with my clients. But everything that I, I, I market and, and do is I I use it myself. I, t- I test that I'm still doing it. Using it myself and you can see the proof. It works. You know, the thing is I let it work. It's it's the best I can I can get and I let it work. You know, as the saying goes, everything works if you let it. Yeah. When you one time you and I were out and we were training um at my old house together and uh right there by my gym was you know an actual manufacturing plant that manufactured a huge portion of these um you know muscle supplements and and powders and and pre-workout stuff i mean i'm not going to mention the name frank but you know who i'm talking about yeah yeah uh, i remember that and obviously they heard that frank zane was was in the gym so you know all the office guys came over and and wanted to take us on a tour of the factory so you know you and i went in there and went for a tour of the factory and obviously they hit you up about you know putting your name behind uh one of the products you know or hey we'll develop a product or can you know would you put your name on one of the products and i remember at that time we were standing underneath about what probably a four ton hopper of refined sugar that was dumping into you know one of the the pre-workout drinks and you just told him you said you know there's no way i'm going to put my name on a product that's you know that whole that whole thing right there is nothing but refined sugar you know there's no way i'm going to put my name on that and i remember we walked out of there and uh you know that that says a lot about um about what you're you know who you are i'm i'm the same way if it's something that i'm going to use then i'm willing to put my name on it but you know if it's not something i'm going to use and i don't think that it's going to do results for someone then it's just really not worth going down that road yeah yeah, you got to have integrity about that stuff first. You can't be in business, really. You know, you should, if you don't have integrity, you shouldn't be in business. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not going to get very far. Well, I think um, you know we're we're getting a little bit close here to the end. But one thing I definitely want to do, I guess, for all the diehards out there that are, you know, that are diehard fitness guys, and 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 hopefully, um, you know, you guys take the opportunity to check out Frank's website, and then also. You know, if you're interested in in some one-on-one time, it's an investment. You know, that's one thing that I teach. Um, I believe that I was successful as a professional archer because I invested in three avenues of my profession, the mechanical, the physical, uh, and the mental. 
I made I made a, you know an actual monetary investment in those three categories, and Frank was my investment on the physical side. So, um, but those of you out there who who know Frank and who are passionate about um, the bodybuilding side of things, you know I think uh, there's no way I can let you off here, Frank, without you. Uh, kind of giving us a little story of the year that you beat Arnold. Um, you know, just give us a little thought process or tell us how that, that whole day went down because that was pretty much, uh, you know, that was a change in the history books, wasn't it? Well, I don't know. You know, when it happened, I, I didn't think it was anything special, really. Uh, uh, I had just one, it was 1968. I was living and training in Florida. I was teaching school full-time. Actually, I taught school for a great deal of time when I was already a professional uh, full-time math teacher. And so I was uh, uh, competed in New York City. So I've been competing in New York City with the IFBB competitions, Mr. America, for a couple of years. And in 1968, I won Mr. America. Uh, and the week after that, uh, they were having a Mr. Universe contest in, in Miami, Florida. I didn't want to go in because I wanted to save that for next year. You know, I wanted something to train for. And so they said, no, we want you to go in it. So I went in it. And I was in really good shape because I had just won the uh, the uh, America the week before. And I was even more de- defined for that show. And um, a friend of mine actually had been uh, in London to compete uh, from Florida. He, Jim Hazel, he was a really good bodybuilder, and he didn't win, but he was like one of his high class. And he said to me, he knew that Arnold was going to compete. He says, don't worry about him. He says, he was just competing in London. I saw he says he's he's fat. He says he's smooth. He doesn't have any definition. He, and he's white. Doesn't have a tan. He says I was more con- and I heard that. I, I knew I felt that way too. I was more concerned about Ricky Wayne, who was like a top bodybuilder at the time, if he was going to compete because he was really shape and very good. So anyway, Arnold shows up and uh, the contest went off, and I ended up beating him because I was in shape and he wasn't. And, you know, the, the judges basically were all top bodybuilders. And that's one show where the, the judges were guys who were champions. I, I, Joe Nista, who was a Mr. America winner, uh, Chuck Sipes, Mr. World, Mr. Universe. These guys were the guys making a decision. I got first place in that. So, you know, there was a big ruckus about it. Arnold got to, to California, and I remember he did an article for Muscle and Fitness that said, I lost, I was beaten for Mr. Uh, Universe by a chicken with 17-inch arms. <laughs> 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 he took it pretty hard. You know, he still still sort of takes it a little hard. He, he feels feels like uh, he uses that as his motivator to push himself, I heard. <laughs> that, 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 you know, when he wants to get psyched for something, he psychs himself up that way. Well, that's glad it worked for him somehow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that uh, I've had that same that same exact uh, effect on a few of the top pros out there as well. Because there's there's certainly some that that don't give me much respect, and and when I've uh, laid it to them out there, man, does it freaking fire them up? And I love every second of it. But yeah. Uh, um. Well, tell us. I guess one last thing. Out of all the Mr. Olympias, um, which one do you think you're in your best shape in? And uh, and maybe just give us just a quick rundown of how much preparation you actually put into that. Well, I think my peak was in 1979 when I won the, uh, Mr. Olympia the third time in a row. And um, 
Yeah, the la- I mean, I've been training regularly. I was training three days in a row and resting the fourth day, doing a three-way split routine uh, for months and months before that. But the last the last month before the show, I had a, a house in Palm Springs that I'd build a gym in, and I spent the entire month there training and getting sun and basically training and meditating all day and then doing aerobics at, at running at night. And I got in incredible shape. And uh, one, you know, the, one, that was my, my peak year. I had some other good years, too. I think 1976, I didn't win that year, but it was close. And it was just a matter, you know, I was in great shape, probably my, my most defined condition up, up to that point. I think I, you know, that's the year I could have won it. 78, I was in really muscular shape. 77, I won it. You know, basically, I think I could have been better that year, but it was good enough to win. Uh, uh, The year before that, it was actually even more defined, but I was making a movie that year in 77, so it took away from the training. It was a mistake, but I was fortunate enough to get to goodbye, especially with the competition that year. In 78, I got better. In 79, I was at my peak. And then 80, I got third. And then I made one more shot at it in 82. And got, no, 82. No, two more shots. 82, I got second. Second. In 83, I got fourth. And I was trying to win it the fourth time. See, I won it for for Mr. Olympias. And as a result, I got it, got fourth place the last, last year, so I figured... There's my four. <laughs> but anyway, you know, you got, I was 41 at the time, and I had a torn rotator cuff. I trained for that, and I knew it was over after that. I was just hoping I'd win, but, I, I, you know, at least I went out in really great shape. And so, and plus I got a lot of really good photos. And since that time, I've been concentrating on tra- helping other people get in shape, training, writing books, publishing my magazine, you know, just stuff I can make a contribution on and make a living on doing things that I like doing and helping other people. So that's the story. All right. Well, Frank, I, uh, you know I value you tremendously, you and Christine, both as friends, and, and uh, can't thank you enough for literally changing my life, uh, improving my career. Uh, I can honestly tell you that when Frank and I started working out together, or I guess when he showed me how to work out, we trained together a few times. We went back and forth. Uh, I guess you, know, you came to Wisconsin, and I went to California, your weather was definitely better, but um, I can honestly say that you know that those periods were were the peaks of my professional career, and I really credit that to being uh, in the best physical shape. And I think any archer out there that really wants to see how good they can be, then they need to start getting serious about fitness. But uh, thanks so much, Frank. And uh, once my pleasure, again, John. I appreciate it. Make sure uh, you guys check out FrankZane.com. Thanks again, Frank. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. knockonarchery.com